the Aerospace Business and Leadership Podcast, Episode 7, Horrible Meetings. So now what? Let's go. right. Welcome back, my friends, to the Aerospace Business and Leadership Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to dive into meetings. And I know if you're like me, that meetings are something that um, you kind of just wring your hands over and look in the mirror and go, what in the heck just happened? What did I get out of that? So today we're going to deep dive that, talk a little bit about why meetings can be so ineffective, and then discuss just a few things that we can all do to make meetings more effective going forward. Let's go ahead and dig in. First thing I would say is, if you can avoid it, for the love of Pete, don't have a meeting. It, it, most of them are ineffective, like we talked about. It's, it's really, uh, in many cases, a complete and utter waste of time. You have to decide that, though. You have to decide if the topic that you're discussing and outcomes that you're seeking are worth the time and effort that go into preparing for a meeting, uh, conducting the meeting, and doing any work that comes out of the meeting. So first and foremost, look for a workaround. Try to figure out another way and don't have a meeting. Many times that is possible. Many times it's not possible that you do have to have a meeting. I've decided, uh, you know, we've bit our lip and we, for the love of Pete, we have to have a meeting. You could boil the ocean here. I like to say that. Or you could take a look at the fundamentals, the basics of what is really needed to pull off a good, effective meeting, maybe without some of the pomp and circumstance and without some of the, um, the additional things you might hear in some other recommendations. So I'm going to stick to the basics here. So think about the impact a meeting has from, from a couple of perspectives. One, the cost of having a meeting. If you have 10 people at a meeting and they all make $10 an hour, theoretically, you could say that meeting costs us $100. That's assuming that the meeting is effective. Now, that money is going to be there regardless, but just think of the meetings not effective. Think if the meeting is a complete waste of time. Now you've lost, in essence, $100 of value to the company and you've gotten no benefit. So as a leader, as an entry-level leader, it's your responsibility to make sure that meetings that you have, that you call, be effective and lead to an outcome or a value. That's going to make sure that the money that is spent to have that meeting is not completely lost. Sometimes when we have a meeting, it makes us feel better, for example. We get together, we talk about a lot of things. Ultimately, because we did that, we feel like we accomplished something. Don't mistake that for actually accomplishing something, though. A lot of times people get in a room and they feel like they've shared their their pains. They've taken, in effect, the monkey off of their back and put it onto your back or to someone else's back. And they feel kind of now they have a defendable position. A lot of meetings tend to go that way. It turns into a complaint session. It turns into I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. It's not my problem. It's somebody else's problem. You as a leader have to break through that and make your meetings the antithesis of that. That's why meetings don't work. It's because that tends to be a norm for how meetings go. So uh, avoid that at all costs. 
Secondly, you've got to know what the final outcome of the meeting is. What are you trying to achieve? You decide to call a meeting on a topic. Let's call it there's a problem in your department and you're trying to solve it. And uh, you decide it can't be solved unless we call a call a meeting, a forum of discussion with with some folks to walk through it. Well, what do you want to come out of that meeting? If the result of the meeting is to solve four things relative to a specific issue or problem, then make sure those four things are understood and known by the team when you when you set the meeting up. More formally, though, you, you have to have an agenda. So step one, have an agenda. What does an agenda for a meeting look like? Well, it can look like anything you want, but my recommendation is that your agenda have a few components. One, it has to be very intentional. We always use that word because if we do it intentionally, then any surprises shouldn't happen. There should be no surprises from the meeting. Meetings should be planned, in my opinion, for 25 or 55 minutes. For a 30-minute meeting, you never want to go 30 minutes. You want to go 25 minutes. Well, why? Well, 25 minutes gives people a five-minute period on the back end to go back to their job, to go to another meeting, to maybe use the restroom. One of the common mistakes people make is that they schedule meetings back to back to back in 30-minute or one-hour increments. And there's absolutely no way a person can physically operate well in that environment. They have to move. They have to go to a different uh, spot for a meeting. They have to go to the bathroom. It's just not realistic. And what that causes is at times is meetings to run over. Then there becomes a respect factor for others' times. And it, it comes across as sloppy and it comes across as not being uh, respectful of others. So I recommend set your meetings up in increments of 25 minutes, what would typically be a 30-minute meeting, or 55 minutes, what would typically be a one-hour meeting. That'll give a little bit of buffer for folks to kind of transition back into um, whatever their next activity of the day is. Let's talk about attendees to the meeting for a second. Who should attend a meeting? If I have an issue, let's say I'm um, I'm in a department and I have a budget issue, We want to discuss, I want to bring up to the team, our performance against a budget, some of the overruns we're seeing, and and I want to walk through and understand what's driving it and what we can do differently about it. Well, you have a couple of options. You can invite everybody and their brother to the meeting that's, that's in your department, even though some of those folks may not be directly impacted or involved in and the problem of of the budget issue or the overrun, or more reasonably, you should consider inviting only those people to the meeting that have a direct interest or impact in that topic. So if you have 10 people in your department and four of them do not have anything to do with that aspect or issue that uh, this meeting would be covering, then exempt them. Do not invite them to the meeting because they're going to sit there going, this is a complete waste of my time. I don't understand why I'm here. And that's going to dilute the effect of the meeting. So invite the other six that have more of that direct impact to the meeting. So limit your attendees. It's very important that you have the relevant people in the room relative to the discussion you're having. Second, you've got to have an agenda. Every effective meeting has an agenda. I would argue every effective meeting has to have an effective agenda. So what's an agenda look like from an entry-level leader in a very kind of basic standpoint? Well, it just has to have a few things. One, it has to be on paper or an email. It has to be 
a stated agenda. It can't be just in your mind. It's got to be stated. It should have a purpose of the meeting stated on there. It could be this is the purpose of the meeting is to talk about our budget and how we're performing and where we're overrunning. It should have a stated reason that we're having the meeting. It should also have time slots. If it's a 25-minute meeting and you're going to have a, you're going to talk about four things, you should have an agenda that also includes those four items that are, that are going to be up for discussion along with how many minutes that you want to devote to each one of those. So topic one, topic two, topic three, topic four. If you're going to have an introduction of the meeting, that might be five minutes. And then each of those other four topics are going to be five minutes each. That's going to be 25 minutes right there. So now you know you're up against the time and you have to adjust the topic times and make sure that you either extend your meeting long enough to cover what you need to cover or shorten the topics enough to make sure that you're, you're sticking to the scheduled time of the meeting. The next thing an agenda has to have is a summary and a next steps section. So you have an introduction or a kickoff. You have your two, three, four topics and the timing around for each topic. And then you have a summary slash next step section where you're going to say, okay, time to close up the meeting. What do we need to do next as a result of this meeting and, and this discussion? And you need to assign owners and actions and timing to the things that come out of it. So if, if during the discussion of the meeting, you determine that you need to produce a report that validates some of the data that you discussed uh, in the meeting. You should assign that to Rick, for example. So Rick, you have that action to do this report and we need to have that done by day after tomorrow. So that is a commitment, that is an assignment, that is a commitment, that is an ownership item for Rick and he will have that. That's the general characteristics of an agenda. Starts with a purpose of the meeting. It has a number of topics and timelines that you will discuss during the meeting. It has a summary and next step section to the meeting, so you'll know how to do follow-up. So in summary, an agenda has a purpose statement, purpose of the meeting. It has a kickoff or a quick introduction to the meeting. It has one or more topics that will be discussed in the meeting along with the timing and, and who is going to cover those topics. And then finally, it has kind of a wrap-up section and next step section that assigns any actions that have come out of the meeting, assigns owners, and assigns a timing to get those actions done that you would follow up. Next thing you want to do is actually publish the agenda ahead of time. You don't want folks coming into the meeting cold. In other words, you want people to know when they walk into the meeting that it's intentional, there's a purpose, it's not about chit-chat, it's not about sit down and just kind of uh, shoot the breeze for a few minutes because that will make that meeting just like every other meeting that we're so used to these days. It would be highly ineffective, non-directional, and it won't, it won't get to where we need it to go. So publish the agenda ahead of time to those people that are on the attendee list. And remember, we're not going to invite everyone. We're going to make the attendee list purposeful and relevant to the topic that we're going to be talking about. Next thing I would recommend is when people come in to the meeting to begin, that they take all of their electronic devices, cell phones, for example, laptops, unless the laptop is relevant for the 
publishing of the the meeting via a projector or something. But so many times folks come to meetings and they don't pay attention. If they're not paying attention because they're texting, they're reading emails, they're uh, looking at a website, they're reading the news, basically they're not in your meeting. And if that's the case, we go back again to it's a complete and utter waste of time. And that's what we see in so many meetings today. So recommendation. This will be a little controversial and and very uncomfortable, but I'll tell you, it will pay dividends. It has worked for me. And after the first or second time of doing this, folks will expect it and they will appreciate it because you can get into a meeting, talk about the topics, assign the actions and get out of a meeting. And lo and behold, you stay on time and you uh, are respectful, which is key. So recommend that you have a bowl or a basket or a part of the desk or you pick the the way. In my case, I have a basket that I require people to put their cell phones in when they walk into the room. Now, it kind of feels like high school a little bit, but once you get beyond the the obvious difference that this can make by putting the, the cell phones in a, in a basket, for example, the obvious difference it is, it really pays off because people really have to focus. They want to get out of there. They want to get back to their phone. And if they focus and pay attention, then there's a greater likelihood they're going to get out. So it just helps push along a meeting to be more effective and actually it becomes appreciated because you have people paying attention and pay, being respectful, I think, of the entire process, which is critical. Next, you've got to start and end the meeting on time. It goes to the fundamental credibility that you have as a leader. If you start late and end even later, it'll really be, regardless of the topic, regardless of the material covered, you will be seen as a leader who cannot manage a meeting. And you don't want this this rap. Most leaders have this as a bad rap. I know many, you probably know many as well. So start the meeting on time and end on time. That's going to incentivize people to be on time. And I would call them out respectfully if they walk into your meeting late. And after you do that one time, they will get the message and realize you're not a leader who is going to run in effective meetings and they will show up. If it continues to be an issue, it's something that you take them off to the side and talk about and talk about the impact they're having on your ability to communicate uh, information and important information to leaders and to others and how it's disrespectful for them to to show up late like that. So they'll get the message. Uh, they might they might try it once, but they'll get the picture and they'll begin to to adhere to to that expectation. Likewise, if you start the meeting on time, you've got to end the meeting on time. Be respectful of people's time. Remember, they have things to do after your meeting. That's why we go 25 minutes, not 30 minutes. They need to get on to the next thing in their day. So be respectful. Start on time, end on time. If you don't cover all of the material because you ran long, stop and regroup in a separate form. You can't cover everything sometimes because of just the dynamics of a meeting. So you have to manage each topic very tightly to the time schedule. And you have to manage the entire meeting tightly to the time schedule. If you do this and do it consistently as an entry-level leader, you will get the recognition as a leader who is considerate and respectful of others and their time. So be consistent. Don't stop doing it. And you will uh, reap the benefits for that as well. If you get down a path where 
you have scope creep and things just are getting out of hand, stop it at that point. Use a parking lot. Use a whiteboard or a an easel to say, look, that is not part of this meeting. Make a note of that. We'll come back to that in a separate way, a separate form. So put it on a sticky note, write it on a right board, but move on and stay to your agenda. That's the only way you're going to get through the topics uh, that you've put on the agenda. Lastly, when the meeting is near the end and you begin to review the meeting and the actions uh, and owners of the next steps, be very clear with that. So the meeting had had several things that you've discussed, for example, and they require two or three different things to be done post-meeting. Make sure that it's clear of what those actions are, document them, make sure that they're assigned to a person by name, not a group of people, but by one to one person by name to own it, and be very specific as to when that action is due to be closed out or, or completed. That will keep the meetings effective and that will ensure that the follow-up actions are done and that it doesn't just cause us to have more meetings to talk about the same thing, cause us to spin our wheels like a, like a rat in a wheel, for example. Finally, publish a follow-up email. So you want to make sure you're consistent with this. If there were two or three actions that came out of the meeting, publish a follow-up email and ensure that the people that attended the meeting are on copy. That will close the loop. You started with an agenda. You started with an attendee list. You started with all of these steps. Now you have and execute the meeting. You follow your agenda. You take a couple of actions at the back end of the meeting. You've assigned those out. Now you're going to publish a follow-up email to that to close the loop. That will come full circle and really ensure that everybody recognizes that that meeting uh, had a specific purpose and intent, and we're going to follow through with the commitments that we made. Now, what are some of the things you can do immediately to put this into action? First, inform your team that you're applying some basic rules around meetings to respect their time. Make it about them. As a new leader, or any leader, you want to convey a message that you're always thinking about them. And it's true, you are. These basic rules will ensure that your meetings are purposeful, timely, effective, and have the right actions and outcomes to make it work right. Second, if you haven't already done this, I'd encourage you to set up a 25-minute team meeting once a week. Make it recurring. Put it on the calendar, whether it's Outlook or any other software that your company may use. And, And again, make it for 25 minutes, not 30. You want to be realistic and allow for travel time and transition time. And folks will appreciate that. And you will likely be the only person in your company or organization that that does that. And it's just another way to differentiate yourself. You'll be a leader that thinks about others and really values their time. And it'll be appreciated by all. Publish a sample agenda ahead of time like we talked about. But when you do this the first few times, seek input from your team. Like, look, this, this is what I want to do, guys or ladies, and here's what I'm thinking. But, you know, I don't have the market cornered on good ideas, and I want you as the team to have input on how this might look. A couple of things are going to happen around that. They're going to really appreciate you asking for their help and input. It's also going to bring a level of ownership to them, and they're going to feel part of the process, and they're going to be more incentivized to help ensure meetings are effective that you have because you've included them in the discussion and made them part of the outcome. Next, 
I'd consider rotating meeting roles so everyone has a chance to learn and grow from the overall meeting experience. Sharing these responsibilities among your team will really include them in the overall process and will help to keep meetings on track, on time, and purposeful to the outcome for which you're having it to begin with. So I think that'll bring us to a pretty good close to this episode and horrible meetings. Just think about what you can do to not find yourself in horrible meetings. And if you do, send me a note, Stephen at aerospaceleader.com. I'd love to hear some of the techniques and things you're doing to mitigate some of these uh, just waste of time meetings. You can visit the website at aerospaceleader.com. Go to the coaching page and sign up for a 90-minute complimentary coaching experience with me. I'd love to talk to you about your journey and some of the dreams that you have in both business and life. Well, we'll see you again next time. Everyone have a great day and a great week. Bye-bye now.